Hello again. I'm Hannah, and will you please pray with me? God of grace, God of mercy, God of justice, God who made us all and called us good, God who loves us and sustains us and challenges us and provokes us, meet us here today in all that we bring, in all that we are, in all that we have experienced. Help us to reflect, to reflect on what has happened, to be reflections of you, that our words, that our hearts, that our minds would be in concert with your intentions for us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we got a federal holiday coming up. October 10th is Columbus Day. And uh, whether or not that is the uh, person we want to be honoring as a country is a question for another sermon, which we will certainly ask. But in the meantime, I have a different question, which is uh, how many of you actually have that day off? Raise your hand if you have that day off. Raise your hand. Okay, I think we have three, <laughs> three people. I, I uh, am taking that day off. Um, but most of us aren't, right? Despite the fact that it's one of a set of, I think, about six to eight holidays that are supposedly the few holidays that everybody gets. Say, whether you do or don't have it off, now raise your hand if there's anyone out there who is making sure that you have enough food in the house, making sure that you have toilet paper and paper towels stocked up so that on Columbus Day when all the stores are closed, you will be okay, right? You won't need anything on that day. Anybody, anybody uh, facing that problem? Anybody preparing for the difficulty that is our federal holiday? No, guess what? You're not. Why? Because all the stores will be open. <laughs> because there is no such thing anymore as a day when it all shuts down. There is no such thing as a day we all have off. There is no such thing as a day that we preserve for rest. A day that we preserve and say, none of us shall work. It's not just that most of us are not resting, it's that we're living our lives, we're creating a culture where no one can, where no one ever gets a day off, because we have decided as a society that the things that matter most to us are convenience and speed and immediacy. That if we need paper towels, there better be 10 options within a mile and they better be open now. That if we want food, I better be able to grubhub it, go get it, or go get stuff to make it if that's what I want, and I better be able to get it now. And I'm not, I'm not mocking or destroying any of us for that impulse. I have that same, if I, two days before Christmas, could not order on Amazon the thing that I had forgotten to get for someone, I would feel indignant and annoyed, right? Even though that's ridiculous, objectively. That is a, objectively ridiculous, that I feel like I should have the right to get whatever I want, whenever I want it, immediately. That is how I feel, because that is what our culture teaches us to feel. That is what our culture teaches us we should want. That what is most important above all other things is that things happen immediately, and conveniently, and speedily, and urgently. We are living in what uh, one scholar has called the age of urgency. We are all responding out of a sense that everything is urgent. For those of you who part of your work is based on email or something electronic, how many of you have checked your email at 9 p.m., right? Because part of you 
feels like if there is something, it would have to happen now. It couldn't possibly wait 12 hours to 9 a.m. tomorrow, right? Um, we are feeling this urgency to respond to everything that happens and to happen as it happens and to respond immediately and to go and to go and to go and to go and to never have a break. Last week we talked about how those missing breaks mean that we don't get rest. We're in, a, we're in a sermon series right now on the Sabbath, on this tradition of the Sabbath in, the, in uh, Judaism and Christianity. And last week we talked about how most of us are missing rest. It was fascinating to me. Part of the sermon, um, I just said, you deserve a rest. This is part of God's promise to you. And I had multiple people come up to me afterwards and say, it was so meaningful to hear that I deserve a rest. That's a sick culture, you guys. <laughs> That's a broken culture that most of us are living as if we don't deserve rest. But it's not just rest that we miss when we don't take Sabbath. It's not just rest that we miss when we don't take breaks. Today we're going to talk about reflection. And how when we miss reflection, when we miss time to step back from urgency and immediacy and responsiveness and remember the bigger picture, remember intention, that lack of reflection is just as much of a loss as that lack of rest we are living in our lives. And next week, we're going to talk about Sabbath as resistance. We're going to talk about forgiveness of debt. So if you are, if you are a former student, you come on back now, you hear? <laughs> um, but reflection. Reflection is a need that we have. Reflection is a need. And I see that in this pattern of creation that God sets up at the beginning of the world. We read today the end of the first story the Bible ever tells, the first story of the world, right? This story of creation, the story of God creating the birds and the sea and the very lights in the sky and us and calling them good. And then God, God of all people, takes a rest, takes a day, right? Takes a day to rest but I think also to reflect on what God has made. To call things good means to see them in their fullness, to see what has happened and what has been. Often we refer to this story, um, first of all, right, we often leave it off in favor of the Adam and Eve creation story that comes right after. I'm guessing that for those of you who did grow up in a church, I didn't, but I've heard tell, you heard that one a lot more often than you heard this one right, this broad, expansive, loving story of creation. They both get at aspects of our experience. They're both important. Um, not only did we often leave off this part of creation, God's loving, expansive act, um, we often call it the creation story, as if it's the one time God created stuff, right? The creation story, that time God created everything, and then stepped back, hands off, and let us screw it all up, right? That's the impression that we get of how creation works. I would prefer that we call this the first creation story, <laughs> because all of us know by our existence, by our identity, by the lives that we live, that God has certainly not stopped creating. <laughs> God has continued to create, continued to knit children in the womb, it says, right? To knit us from Adam up, from bones out, to know us intimately, God has continued to create. In those times that we have screwed it up, right? Um, from Adam and Eve, 
to those who have murdered, to those who uh, have been murdered, to those who have experienced injustice, to those who have committed crimes against one another that we cannot describe, to those of us who have committed crimes against one another that are the everyday crimes of hurtfulness. God continues to create opportunities to recover from those things. As Tara said so eloquently, to find resurrection, to find new creation in situations that seem too dark, too difficult, too abandoned and inhuman to ever feel the source of creation again. God's creation wasn't over back then. God has continued to create, and we see it all the time, all the time if we are looking for it. But to continue that creation, God needed that rest, right? God needed that Sabbath. God needed that unplug, I think, because that is the part where reflection happens. Considering what has happened in creation thus far and then creating again. The scripture says also not just a, that God has created, but that we are created in God's image. We share in God's identity. We share in who God is. We share in God's power to create. We are co-creators of this world that we are living in, called to reflect and to see how God might want the world to be and what it might require of us to be a part of creating it that way, to be a part of that ongoing work, to be a part of that ongoing resurrection, we are asked the question, how will you be me? How will you be with me? How will you partner with me to continue my creative and resurrecting work? If we don't take time for reflection, um, which most of us don't, not because we're evil, but because we're busy and because we're tired, we become what many of us have become, which is um, reactors, right? You are constantly reacting to what happens to you at work, in your personal relationships, in the political sphere, you are reacting to what occurs instead of being an intentional actor. Things come your way one after another, one after another, and you choose to respond in the moment rather than having a sustained vision of who you might be in the world and what you might want the world to become. That's not all bad, right? Actions demand a response. There are things we need to react to. But if we only ever react and never reflect, we cannot be as powerful co-creators with God. We cannot be as powerful actors in the world as we want to be. Because when you're reacting is when you're most likely to live automatically by the rules that you have been taught rather than live intentionally with the values you think are needed. It's a, it's a, it's a science fact, you guys. <laughs> They've done studies that without reflection, we never truly learn and become transformed by our experiences. This is why uh, you don't remember anything on any test you ever crammed for the night before because you just experienced it and then never reflected on that data. You never reflected on that knowledge. You never reflected on those new opportunities. And so they didn't become a part of you. They didn't transform or change you or transform and change the world. They were just with you for a moment and then they were gone. There's a great John Dewey quote. Um, we don't, so this is right, these studies have shown, we don't learn from experience until we have reflected on that experience, given it time to change us, even when it's painful to reflect on it. We do not learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on experience. So it's not that being a reactor is bad, it's that being only a reactor 
does not prepare you to be who you need to be in the world. You have to be more than a reactor. You have to be a reactor and an intentional actor who takes that time to reflect and see how it might change you. That's true for you spiritually. It's true for you in your personal relationships. I'm sure some of us, right, most people have complicated relationships with their parents or their children or their cousins. You may be reacting out of patterns that were set long ago. See what it would take if you put aside some time for reflection to intentionally say to yourself, who do I want to be in this relationship? And what would it take? You may be a reactor in your work. Things are coming at you so fast. What would it take for you to put aside some reflection time to say, who do I want to be consistently and for a long time in this? And how can I prioritize so that I can be that person? And finally, the thing that I've been thinking about most this week, as we experienced um, the deaths of Terrence Crutcher and Keith Lamont Scott at the hands of police, um, more black people killed in broad daylight, doing no harm, how will reflection change the way that we think of ourselves as people who want to change the world and make it a safe place for everyone in which all are seen as full humans and all's rights are respected in the world? And I've been thinking about that because I know that for me, there have been so many deaths. There have been so many deaths. It's not just that when Terrence Crutcher dies or Keith Lamont Scott dies. We remember um, Laquan McDonald. We remember Trayvon Martin. It's not just these couple of years that it's happened during, uh, since Black Lives Matter has become the phrase to capture this injustice in our society. It's that we remember back to um, the people who were killed uh, for attempting to own property right, in the 50s and 60s, the people who were killed in lynchings at the beginning of the 20th century for trying to live as people. All of the black people in this country who have been killed in various ways for acting like people in public. It, it isn't just happening this week, and so why does it always feel to me like I'm responding to one thing that has happened rather than acting on a culture that has been built over time? and acting to change the whole thing and not just react to the one thing. It's hard, and I commend you for it if you did. It's hard, but it is easier um, to post your thoughts about the most recent death, a specific thing that you are reacting to, or to disdain your aunt or uncle or friend or whatever who has said something racist that has bothered you. Um, it is hard, but that is easier than taking time to reflect and think about what would it mean for me to not just react in this moment, but be an actor every day and all the time so that I could persuade this person and change this relationship and change this world. It's hard and I admire you for it, but it is easier to show up at the protest day of when you are in an emotional state than it is to do that and then reflect and think about how am I gonna join a strategy team? How am I gonna be a part of standing up for racial justice or BYP 100 or any of these millions of organizations in Chicago that I could join consistently and see how would it change my life to not just in this moment react to what has happened, but wake up every day and think, how would I live differently if I believed that black lives mattered? <laughs> it's not that any of those things are bad. It's that if we're only ever reacting, 
Much less will change than if we ask ourselves, who do I want to be all the time? The protest song we say, sang says it, right? Keep your eyes on the prize. You can't do that if you haven't thought about to yourself what the prize is, what a sustained commitment would look like instead of a momentary commitment. And reflection is the only thing that will bring to you how you want to change your life, both in this way and in a thousand ways, where we want to be transformed by Jesus Christ and where we want the world to transform to be a more just one. Reacting is good. React authentically and truly and justly, but don't just leave it there. Reflect on how you will be a person of intention who wants things to be different and what might that require of you? What will you need to learn? What will you need to be challenged by? And then there's one last form of reflection I want to commend, particularly to those of us who are black. The kind of reflection that God did, which is looking at things that are broken feeling the trauma, but when you have been traumatized over and over again, as not all of us have, but just some of us have, how your reflection might bring delight and joy into your life. If that's what you need this day, if that's what you need this week, if that is the state that this country has put, your, put you in, follow hashtag black joy, right? Go to a party, do something loving and faithful to yourself, reflect on what it means to find delight in yourself and love for yourself and not have to go, go, go all the time. For different ones of us, because of our different social positions and our different privileges and our different experiences, the recommendation to reflection is a slightly different one. But for all of us, reflection is required rather than just reaction and response. Because just reaction and response both isn't effective, but it's also exhausting. <laughs> We're all gonna feel so tired if that's all we ever do. So let us be intentional, let us be reflective, and let us reflect the justice and the love and the mercy of God to one another in all that we do. And when we don't, let's forgive each other and try again. Because we weren't just created, we are creating, and we are being created. And there is an opportunity for new things, a new world, to be transformed by Jesus and to live more greatly into the kingdom. For that opportunity, we are grateful. Let's reflect on it. Amen.